Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Julie Keel, and with me is my co-host, Jeff Sire. Hello. Well, this is our first episode, so we should probably do a small introduction of ourselves before we begin. Um, Jeff, would you like to tell us a little bit about where you live and, and why you're interested in science fiction? Okay. I'm uh, Jeff Sire. I live uh, east of uh, Toronto in Canada and uh, in a small town called Bowmanville. And uh, I've been in, interested in sci-fi since, uh, since it, as long as I can remember. And uh, probably the first uh, sci-fi stuff I remember watching as a kid was probably uh, the uh, Star Trek TOS and uh, probably Escape to Witch Mountain or something like that, some Disney-related stuff. And, uh, yeah, sci-fi has really probably pretty much always been a part of my life. So. Awesome. Well, again, I'm Julie Keel, and I have uh, no particular claim to expertise in this area, except I love it. <laughs> um, I live in uh, Minnesota. Well, actually, we'll call it Fargo, because people can relate to where Fargo is. And um, it's uh, science fiction. <sighs> what else is there besides science fiction? I guess there's nonfiction that I read. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it too has been a part of my life for for forever. And one of the things I really like about science fiction is that it can it can uh, touch on topics that in ways that you can't do otherwise. I mean, Star Trek: The Original Series is a good example. The whole racial thing was dealt with in in um, that that series that you really couldn't have done. In other shows, I mean, an inter, the first interracial kiss was on Star Trek. Um, you probably couldn't have done that on Andy Griffith's show, you know. Um, so, it, you know, it it's just gives you a chance to explore different ideas, different concepts, different realities, different possibilities. And, and that's what I really like about it. So, And actually, that's the um, kind of how we came to this uh, story that we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, this is a story that I read as a kid. I can't even remember how old I was at the time. To me, it seems like it's always been part of my memory. I don't remember not having read this story, um, which means it's an old one. It's a, a, a short story by Isaac Asimov. And it was written back in 1951. I did not read it in 1951. Um, but it basically looked at education um, through the eyes of children. Uh, and, and to summarize the story, basically two kids are you know, kind of killing some time and roaming around, I believe it's grandma's attic. And they discover this ancient educational device known as a book. Um, and there's like a, a boy, I believe he's 13, and a girl who's 11 in the story. And the girl's yeah. just fascinated that the 13-year-old has this book and, and jealous of it. And, and you know, and they get gets to asking questions. And, and one of the reasons that they're up in the attic at that point is because their teacher is, uh, isn't working at the present time. Their teacher being some sort of mechanical device, each of the children has their own teacher it is geared literally in the story for them as an individual and um oh gosh they refer to turning in homework or writing homework in punch code 
Yep, this was the 1950s, huh? <laughs> um, so and, and sliding it in through a slot in the front yeah. of the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, but they they, uh, they stumble across this book, and the subject of the book um, is actually a school. And so, you know, the uh, the 13-year-old being a 13-year-old boy, you know, wants to keep it to himself and not really share it. You know, it's, it's mine and that kind of thing. And the girl's like, oh, show me, show me, show me, and that kind of thing. Um, so they they uh, finally get called down from the attic because, uh, you know, their teacher is fixed and it's time to go to school now. Um, so they need to each go to their rooms and sit in front of their – I think they actually refer to it as a television – and, um, you know, do their, do their studies. Um, so – it would, and the title of the story is called um, The Fun They Had. And that is actually the, the last sentence in the story because um, with these two children in their separate rooms dealing with an individual mechanical teacher um, that they have to sit there for hours and hours, the idea of going to a school, being with other kids, all learning the same thing at the same time where you could help each other and interact with each other, it just sounded like... Um, you know, the kids there had a lot of fun. So that was the, the yeah. gist of, you know, the, it, the it, last... Oh, oh, how quaint that is. Right, sort of yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's a there's a bunch of themes here. Again, this is one of the reasons I like sci-fi, because it can talk about themes like, yeah. um, oh, the kids don't like school. Yeah. doesn't matter what school might be. <laughs> did, did, kids... you get the, uh, did you get the idea that this whole story is probably based on something that happened that happened to him in his childhood? I got the real impression that I bet he went through something very similar to this in Grandma's attic and found like a loom or like a spinning wheel or something like that. Like it, it's it's it, I really got the impression that he was really drawing on something that had happened to him and then just extrapolating the same story far into the future, looking back on what we're like today. You know, that could be, or or at the very least, he was overhearing kids complain about school. Right. To me, yeah, to, yeah I, I could see where, you know, he had nieces and nephews over or whatever, and they're like, oh, man, I hate going to school, doggone, blah, 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 blah. And so he's like, hmm, I think I could write a story about that. Um, but, yeah, and maybe he came across something that, you know, like you say, just set it off. But, yeah. you know, and and... One of the themes in there, too, is that whole uh, nostalgia for the good old days. You know, everything right. was better way back when. Yeah. Um, What's that, that saying that uh, things aren't what they used to be and they never actually were? were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and one of the things that I think, one of the reasons I think this story has stuck with me for so long is because I think I was the kid in school who would have loved to have had a mechanical teacher that was suited to me because I was so sick of waiting for everybody. You know, I, they didn't have AP, advanced placement classes when I was in school. I mean, we all did the same thing regardless of, you know, ability or, or interest or whatever. Um, and I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was bored. Um, so the idea that I could have gone and had an individually customized machine that would, you know, challenge me and move along quicker when, if I understood it was like, oh my God. And plus, you know, if you're a nerd, um, you probably didn't have, um, the best experience <laughs> in school. <laughs> so, you know, the idea of not having to go to school had a lot of appeal too. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I probably wound up on the other side of this after reading the story. I had nostalgia for the good old future. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, which is interesting because honestly, a couple of years ago, I I went back to graduate school and I wound up in instructional design and technology, where essentially the jobs, the the degree is to create the mechanical teachers. Uh, mechanical, I guess. Stop using that term there. But individualized instruction using you know technology, and right. and I have to admit, I sat in a couple of classes uh, and went, wow. <laughs> this is this is the fun they had coming true. This is what we're doing here. We are creating that future. Yeah. yeah. Now, something that I I put in the show notes when we were talking about this, that I don't think that that will ever go away. The fact of of communal learning. What, what do you think from what you did in school? Do you think that we uh, that we are actually going away from that? Or do you think that uh, into individualized learning where you're you know, just going to be a kid sitting there with a computer or whatever? Or do you think that there will always, like, cause my, my feeling was that I think we'll always have, like, a component where you have a bunch of students uh, learning together. It might be, you know, individually catered to each of them, but I, I think there's still going to be a communal aspect. I think you're right, but I think the ability to do individualized instruction is going to increase, and, and people are going to need it, uh, basically. But the, the communal component, I believe, is going to be uh, teamwork, project work. Um, you might be able to do things as an individual, you know, a lot of things as an individual, but you're going to have to come together as a team. And education is kind of going towards... Uh, well, it depends on, you know, which branch of educational, you know, philosophy or theory you want to go down. But uh, Microsoft, for instance, has done Classroom of the Future. And their classrooms look a lot like workspaces, you know, the, the kind where you have landing spaces. You don't actually have a desk. You don't really have classrooms. You have more like... um Oh, what do I want to call, I want to say cafeterias, but basically, you know, like a coffee shop. You have some round tables, and yeah. this, this team gets their computer, their laptops, and they sit together and they work on a project together. And an adult comes by, and you know, they ask questions if they have them, and they check up on them. And the adult might interject a comment here or there, but the teams are pretty much self-regulating uh, because they've picked something they're interested in. They're, they're, and you might have 10 teams in the room, and they're all working on completely different things. I mean, and even within a team, you might have people with different interests. You know, if, if the team decides um, they want to work on some social concern, that's actually one of the things that they find to motivate people, kids, um, mm-hmm. is that, you know, I want to learn about, I don't know, clean water or or. BMX bike racing or, you know, whatever it might be. So they pick a topic, but one of the kids on the team will look at the history of that. One of the kids on the team will look at the physics of it. One of the kids on the team will look at the, uh, you know, the social impact of that, you know. So they all kind of take a different perspective. And because of the different perspectives, they, you know, the team effort um, becomes, you know, greater than the individual effort. So that whole idea of... of, um, you're going to have to work together. We will never get past the point of people having to work with other people. Um, so I'm with you. I don't. We, we may not all be 
teaching them the same thing at the same time at the same level like mm-hmm. we do now. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the idea of getting people together to bounce. If, matter of fact, in education, there's something called flip the classroom. And where basically you do your studying and learning outside of the classroom. You read your book, you watch your PowerPoints, you your movies or whatever outside of the classroom. And you actually come to the classroom to talk to people. You know, and that I think is is um, that's 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 an interesting way to learn. Let me tell you, you learn a lot then because all of the uh, if if learners are motivated, um, all of the uh, impetus, I guess, is on the learner to you know take it as far as they can. So, right. but yeah, this this um, you know, as from a social perspective too. Um, think about, you know, school, well, in America especially, the education system is pretty well broken. Um, <laughs> it's too expensive. It's, uh, you know, good God, we've had enough school shootings. It's, you know, becoming dangerous. Um, it's, uh, if, if you're a teacher, I mean, God, I'd love to have mechanical instructors if I was a teacher because, man, teachers are between a rock and a hard place. Um, they do not have an easy job. No. Um, so it seems to me that there's a lot of things that, in, you know, home-based, individualized, but you has to meet standards. You know, you have to report in your results type of thing. You know, you could network it into the, the main system. And, oh, my God, those exist, too. Um you know, I could see some of that happening. I really could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we're not there yet. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you know, so, I... Th- so, what do you think about uh, the idea of books becoming uh, obsolete? Uh, are albums, L- LPs, obsolete? Yeah, I, they are. That I, I, no, no. I, I was just saying. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, uh, um, I, I, I know what to say. Like albums, they were going away, and everybody, you know, kind of put the nail in that coffin. But then, and they're coming back, and I, I don't think it's nostalgia, right? It's people like that sound, right? And, and I think this. I think it's the same thing with books. Yeah. I think we've passed probably the heyday of actual hold-in-your-hand books, but I don't think books are ever going to go away. I think we as human beings are tied in very closely to, to books that you can hold in your hand. Yeah, and there are very few things on this earth that have totally gone away. Yeah. Since I, I, I know people who still make a living um, spinning yarn. Yeah, and blacksmithing. Blacks, yeah, making Japanese swords. You know, I know like one person. You know, I mean that's just it. It used to be there'd be thousands of people doing that. Now there's one. But yeah. you know, so will it go away? No. But will I mean? I think about how much of oh god, especially since I've moved, how much of my house was dedicated to books. All oh, right. please no, make them go away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know the furniture that we have invested in that. The you know the the resources we have invested in that. And the money I had invested in that. Um, yeah, but I think you're. I mean, even there's a uh, in totally different story here. But in Star Trek, um, 
everybody well Battlestar Galactica too um, there's always one or two books around and they're like precious gifts Right. That you give to one another. So I'm, yeah, and, I'm, well, that's a good point. And there, there's a social aspect to books as well. Like I know my wife's a voracious reader, and uh, every most of the stuff she gets is stuff that her mom gets from somebody else. And it just this kind of and you know when when my wife Jen is done, she'll she's we've got a. Uh, a big cardboard box full of books that's going to be handed off to somebody else. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of this whole kind of community sort of thing. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think that the community, you just brought that up again, both in school and with books, I think that's that won't ever go away. Please, no. No. <laughs> if we all wind up being individualistic human beings, no, we can't, for starters. So, no, that won't ever go away. <laughs> but one of the things I want to um, ask ourselves at the end of each uh, episode is, you know, what hope does this story give us for the future? Um, you know, there... There might be times, there might be things in this story that say, oh, I, I don't really like that. That's not real hopeful. It's, you know, more dystopia than utopia. But um, in this story, you know, some of the hopeful things, for me at least, um, w- one, we were just talking about books survive. <laughs> yeah. um, and two, the, the idea of um, individualized um, learning, I, I have to admit, I think that's something to hope for because if you've ever seen a gifted student be bored or a, a student that struggles struggle, um, boy, to put them at their own level and not, you know, have to worry about peer pressure or um, social skills or you know all those things that come into play um, right. in a classroom. To me, for for some students, for many students, that is a hopeful. Uh, type of environment, you know, and for other students, the yeah, the social thing might be uh, something that's needed to, you know. And if you think about homeschooling, most homeschoolers have some sort of social. Um, yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. They try. Most of them try very hard to have some sort of social yeah. interaction. Yeah. Yeah, you do. So, um, I think I think the idea of you know at that type of future for education, you know, there's some there's yeah. something to hang on to there. I think my favorite thing for this story is just the fact that um, I love things that uh, where they pick out kind of like a common human trait. And I love this in this story, just kids being kids. Right. Um, I remember uh, the movie Dances with Wolves. There was a scene where uh, the medicine man guy, he's getting into uh, – they get it, go into the teepee, they're going to bed. He climbs under the buffalo hide with his wife, and you see this expression on his face like, ah, I just sat on something. And he reaches down and he pulls out this corn husk doll. doll. And he's like, ah, and he just throws it away. I'm like, I love that. And that, that's the same feeling I get from this story. It's like, there are these things like, uh, you know, there was some Roman legionnaire that got into bed and it's like, ah, oh, there's this stupid. <laughs> doll that the kids were playing with. Ah, get that out of here. Like, that's something, I love that stuff. And it connects us all through history. Yep. And you know that, like, the only thing that separates me from that Roman legionnaire is that he was born then and I was born now. Okay? And and this, it's just, these are kids just being kids, you know, yeah. in, in the future. And I love the way that they played in that whole, I'm 13, I've got the book, nan, nan, nan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was cool. Anyway, okay, so I think that's going to wrap up this episode.
We're going to talk again next week, actually, about uh, another short story. And we won't always focus on short stories. We're going to do movies and TV shows and anything else we can find sci-fi. But we're uh, we're starting with small chunks to begin with. Um, there's a, a brand new short story. This is not a, one from decades past, but this one's called Press Enter to Execute. And so we'll have some some more information on that one next week. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk. You can check us out at SciFiTechTalk.com or follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi Tech Talk. And if you have ideas or comments, please send them to SciFiTechTalk at gmail.com. And Jeff, where can folks find you in cyberspace in the meantime? Uh, people can follow me on Twitter if they'd like. I'm Bronco Sire at Twitter, and that's Bronco, uh, B-R-O-N-C-O, S-Y-E-R. Awesome. And I'm also on Twitter at Bonnyface, B-O-N-N-Y-F-A-C-E. And if you'd like to find links to the other podcasts, blogs, and whatever else it is I'm up to, um, those can be found at about.me slash Bonnyface. And that's going to be it for this show, so we'll see you in the future. Bye.